Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Me and my wife, uh, whenever I first met her, uh, we, we were going to get married, and we were going to get married in Pecos, Texas, at the little Baptist church that we were going to, and uh, th- this was in August. If you have never been to West Texas in August, I can show you how to go today. Not in your car, in your own home. What you do is you go and you put the oven on broil and you stick your noggin in there for around 20 minutes. That is West Texas, Kynosa, Texas in, in August. We got married on August 7th, I think that's right, August 7th of 2004. And we were getting ready for the wedding and it was going to be a bang up baddest wedding you've ever been to in your life. We just invited just a few close friends and family, and um, um, we were getting ready for the wedding because we were going back to the house to have the reception. Now, as, as West Texan celebrations go, we were going to have a barbecue and pitch washers for our, for our wedding reception, and it, was, and it was a great time. And so, my wife's sister and her husband lived in uh, kind of outside Joplin, Missouri. Okay, and so uh, Arthur comes down with Amanda and the kiddos, and they get there. Well, they come down early. We're going to be getting married on a Saturday, and um, they come down like on Wednesday just to see, and they're going to help us get the place cleaned up. You know, there's no grass grows, but every weed and bush and all of that. Uh, grows in, in West Texas. And so we get out there on Friday, and this is about 10.30 or 11 o'clock in the morning, or what we like to say, 425 degrees. It's not quite broil. You don't broil till around 2.30 or 3, but this is about 425. And, and so Arthur says, hey man, I, I want to help. I'm like, cool, that'll be good. He said, so what are we going to do today? I said, well, we need to mow and we need to weed eat, you know, just... And and it really was weed eating. There was no grass. It was just, you know, cut down the weeds. And so Arthur's standing there and he goes, you know, y'all claim that Texas is hot, but this is a dry heat. Y'all don't know what it's like to be 95 degrees with 99% humidity. I said, man, you're right. I I wouldn't want to experience that for nothing, man. He said, so, you know, you, you think it's hot here, but it's really not. And I said, okay, that's good. And so we go outside, and I said, well, pick your poison. Do you want to weed eat or do you want to mow? He looks at the push mower. See, kids, at one time, there was these contraptions with this engine on it and a big, long handle. You started it, and it didn't have a shutoff deal. You either lived or died. And you had to use muscles, and you pushed it with your own power. It did. There was no self-propelled or anything. Well, he looks at my antique lawnmower and looks at the weed eater, and he goes, I'll weed eat. I said, all right. And he looked at me, and he goes, man, are you sure you're ready for this? And I looked at him, and I was like, sure. He's like, all right, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. 
So he goes over there and he starts weed eating and I start mowing and I'm should have been a cowboy. Should have learned to rope and ride. Nine acres of this. Man, I, I, I have struck a long trot just. And then there's a So you got to unplug the spark plug to kill it. What's really funny is when it's hard to start and you tell somebody, you got to push start it. And they're like, and it doesn't work. That's, that was my joke. And um, so I turn around and Arthur's standing there. And he's like this. He goes, I said, are you okay? He goes, I owe you an apology. Now, anytime a, now he wasn't a cowboy, but anytime you're on a ranch and somebody walks up and says, I owe you an apology, you know what the first word a cowboy says? What'd you break? <laughs> and that's exactly what I said. What'd you break? He goes, I didn't break nothing. I said, then why are you sorry? He goes, this is the hottest dadgum place I've ever been in my life. He had reached the point in 20 minutes, <laughs> he had reached the point that his sweat was no longer visible. He was clammy. I thought this guy was going to have a heat stroke. He said, you forget all about that 95% humidity and 95 degrees. He, it was only like 110 about this point right here. And he goes, I don't see how you're doing it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, look at the way you're dressed. Well, the way I was dressed is I had a big cowboy hat on. I had sunglasses. I had a thin, long sleeve, white shirt on. I had blue jeans, and I had boots on. Converse that with the way he was dressed. Now, he was like uh, uh, y'all that are hair challenged. You know, he didn't have much hair on his head, but he didn't have a hat on. And so it's just, I mean, he is literally, he's got his head in the broiler. And he's got sunglasses on, and he has this sleeve, this t-shirt that's black with the sleeves cut out of it. And I guess this is cool in Missouri. I don't know. I've only been there once, but it was it had a slit. It was cut down here. It looked like a woman should be wearing it, but it, I mean, he was. I don't know. And, and so anyway, and then he was wearing uh, these jeans, and then he had tennis shoes on. And he goes, and look at this. And he pulled up his tennis shoes, and he's just got nothing but thorns <laughs> going up into those tennis shoes. And I said, he said, how are you? He said, aren't you hot? And I said, well, it's warm. He goes, how come you're not burning alive and I am? And I said, because I'm protected. I said, we don't dress like this just because we are, uh, because we like hats. We don't wear long sleeve shirts because we don't want to, show off our muscles. Uh, we do that when we're hauling hay, remember? You know, we take our shirts off to haul hay. <laughs> I mean, we do that. We, me, and, me, and, me and Ty and Gary, we hauled hay the other day. We took our shirts off. No, we didn't take our shirts off. <laughs> but I was protected. I was dressed for the occasion. And, and I could have been out there all day long in it, and, and Arthur was only out there for 20 minutes, and I mean, he's nearly dead. Today, we're going to talk about being dressed and being protected with what God has called us to do. We've been talking about marriage in two weeks ago, and I've titled this a snake-bit marriage. 
But it's not just, I mean, it's really, really beneficial to y'all that are married. It's even beneficial to y'all that are not or plan on getting married or, or have hopes or aspirations of it, whatever. Everybody can get something out of this. But we talked two weeks ago about how the devil tempted Eve and then he went after the heart of the marriage. Okay? It was not Eve's sin that brought sin into the world. It was Adam's. He tempted Eve. She ate it and then gave some to Adam. And he knew better. God had told him, don't eat from that. It wasn't Eve's mistake that brought sin into the world. It was Adam because Adam had been told by God, do not eat that fruit. And he chose the gal over God. We talked about how God doled out a couple of punishments when, when, or consequences for being out of the Garden of Eden. To the snake, he said, you'll crawl on your belly and I'll create enmity between you and, and, and mankind. Okay? And, and then for the, for the guy, he said, by the sweat of your brow, you will now eat. See, see Adam's eating used to be like this. He'd walk up there. Let's see what I want. I mean, he just looked like a fruit tree buffet, you know, and he just ate and he didn't have to work for it. But God said, you know what? It's not going to come easy anymore, guys. By the sweat of your brow, you are going to learn how to feed yourself. And no matter how hard you work, you will never reap all the benefits for how hard you work. And to the woman, he said, now that you're leaving the Garden of Eden, as a result of everything that's happened, he punished her in two ways. Number one, he said, I will multiply your childbirth. And number two... He said, your desire will be to control your husband, but he will rule over you. The next week, we explained what that... Last week, we explained what that meant. And I talked about in Ephesians chapter 5, and, and please go back and read it if you haven't. And, and Ephesians chapter 5 says, man, be imitators of God. Live like He does. And, and, and don't be foolish. And have no part of greed or sexual immorality or, or any of these things. And, and live as light not darkness, and, and, and it culminates in Ephesians 5.21. And see, he's talking about marriage because it's a love letter written by Paul to the churches, and it culminates in 5.21 when he... It seems like he automatically switches subjects, but he doesn't. It's a continuous thought. And Paul says, Husbands and wives, submit to each other, out of your reverence for Christ. Now, everybody remembers 522. It's one of the most abused verses in the entire Bible where it says, wives submit to your husbands. Okay? But the one before that says, submit to each other. So God's not asking you to do anything that He hasn't asked the husband to do. Husbands remember that. Men remember that. And He goes on to say, Wives, respect your husbands, and husbands, love your wives. Love your wives so much as Christ loved the church. He gave the example. Jesus gave His life for the church. He forgave the church. It didn't matter if you get mad or, or ah, ah, He still loved it. He, I mean, He got down on His knees and washed His disciples' feet. He's giving y'all men a, an illustration of how you are supposed to love your wives. And then I told you, about the question that I have asked over 100 women about what would you do if a man did 
loved you like you've never been loved before, that would do anything for you, that, that gave you those little goosebumps and everything. Every time you turned around and you saw him, he was looking at you. And when he walked by, he just he had to touch you or lean over and give you a kiss on the cheek. And, and he took you on dates. And he, he just showered you with so much love that you thought you might choke on it. What would you do for a man like that? And over 100 women... I can't say that anymore because Amanda Gardner came up with a different word. Thank you, Amanda. 100, over 100 women, everybody except Amanda, the women said that they would do anything for a man that treated them and loved them like they wanted to be loved. Now, Amanda, I'm giving her a hard time. She said everything. It's the same thing. Everything anything that a woman would do. Men, it's your responsibility to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I'm telling you right now, men, if you will do that, your wife will do whatever. And I'm not talking about in a subservient role. I'm talking about she will become who God created her to be. She will be that wife that she wants to be, that you want her to be. But it's your responsibility to love her. And wives, it's your responsibility to respect. Today, we're going to finish up the snake bit marriage and talk about how we can protect ourselves. And, and, and I'm going to be talking to husbands, but if I say husbands, I'm also talking about men if you're not married. If I say wives, I'm still talking to women even if you aren't married. So the, the two are interchangeable. You know, to be protected, Ephesians chapter 5 talks about how we should act. And then it tells the roles of the husband and the wife. And then, and then you kind of break into Ephesians chapter 6. And Ephesians chapter 6 says, Children, obey your parents. And, and slaves, obey your masters. And we don't have any slaves around. Some of you might argue with that at, at your work. But, you know, you still should get paid. And, um, but then he goes on to talk about some of the greatest, one of the most famous passages in the Bible. And isn't it convenient that this comes directly after he talks about how we are supposed to live individually and then how we're supposed to live uh, together in marriage. And then he breaks in and he says, but you must protect it. Now, husbands I, 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 or men, I need to talk to you for just a second. Guys, your family is going to go where you lead them. There it is. Uh, th 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 <laughs> I mean, I could stop there. Your family will go as far as you lead them. And unfortunately, many husbands have led their families to a dead stop. And they just say, you know what? This isn't bad. So let's just stay right here. And your wife is over there going, I want more out of this. She's not criticizing, but she wants more. She wants more out of you. She wants more out of life. She wants more for her family. She wants more for herself. And she can't go beyond where you are leading her. You need to do your God-given right, your ability, what you have been charged to do, and you need to lead your family down the path of righteousness. I am not saying that you have to shave everybody's heads and dress everybody in togas and walk around passing out Bible tracts. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need to lead your family down the path of right living, teaching them God's Word, and more importantly, teaching them by your actions. 
They are going to do what you do. Husbands, your family will follow where you lead them. Wives, on that note, your job is not to tell him where to lead the family. Okay? It's not your responsibility to tell him where to lead the family, okay? And I, and I know that that's part of the curse. It's part of the consequences. You think you know what's best. You only have the family's best thoughts in mind. It is purely out of love, but that is not your job, okay? Wives, your job is the family will only be as happy as you are. And, and I know that some of you aren't going to like what I'm saying. And, and I know that I was really, really hard on the guys last week. And I was telling them, it's your responsibility. It, it's you that, that has to lead your family and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was really tough on the guys. And, and, and wives, you may not like this, but it's true. I don't like it either, but this is true. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It, it, it's, it's the way it is. You, you don't have to like it. You, the dad can be mad, and everybody's just like, right, he'll get over it. But if mama's mad, everybody's like, she feeling better yet? The reason that that is true, wives, you are the heart of the family. You are where the, the, God has embodied the nurturing and, and the love flows out from you. Now, guys, your responsibility is to love your wife, but, but your love passes through the woman, and the woman, I mean, she just shares it with everybody. Wives, your job is to be to protect your heart, to be as happy as you can. Now, now, now don't get me wrong, okay? Husbands, your job is not to make her happy, okay? That's her own responsibility because nobody can make you lead, but women, nobody can make you happy. And the same thing goes for the guys as well. You know, nobody can make you do anything. This has to be a conscious choice. It is the greatest gift that God gave us besides His Son is we have a choice in how we act. We have a choice in what we do. Husbands, lead your families Wives, emanate that love. We must protect ourselves from the true enemy. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, the Apostle Paul tells us who the true enemy to husbands leading their families down the path of righteousness, righteousness loving their wives with everything that they are, devoting themselves, not putting them up on a pedestal, but loving them as God commanded us to do. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, Paul says a final word. And isn't it funny how, like I said, he told us how to live individually. Then he told us, man, this is, this is, uh, this is how you should act when you're married. He even talked to the kids. He even talked to the slaves. And now he says this, a final word. Now, he's not just changing the subject. He's summarizing. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And isn't that a theme of the Bible? Be strong. Be strong, not of yourselves, but in His mighty power. And now you're going to recognize where we're going. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Why would he say all the strategies of the devil, because what was the devil's first feat? Was to attack marriage in the Garden of Eden. 
And his tactics, his strategy has not changed since then. He is going to attack the marriage. The image of God. Man was created in the image of God. Woman was created in the image of God. When you put those together, it's the full image of God with His might and His power and with His love and His beauty. Marriage is going to be attacked. So when you're sitting out there and you've acted like your marriage is just great and on the outside you show everybody, hey man, this is I've got a great marriage. We love each other, don't we, honey? Uh. But it's not really like that, is it? Because the devil's been attacking it. For we are not fighting Paul talking, the Holy Spirit talking through Paul, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. All of your problems do not come from your mortgage. They do not come from your lack of money. They do not come from, oh, so-and-so down the road that keeps talking smack about you. And it doesn't come from a flat tire. It doesn't come from anything except the devil is going to try to rob you of your marriage and rob you of your joy and lie to you where you believe the devil just like Adam and Eve did in the garden where you will believe the devil instead of God's promises. That's what the Apostle Paul says right there. The armor of God. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Are you standing firm after the battle, or do you feel like you've just had the snot whooped out of you? I mean, I, I think that that's how most of us feel. It, it doesn't kill us. You know, that, that old saying of... What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Well, I should be able to bench press a Buick by now. I mean, right? But, but just because you wake up and you're not killed doesn't mean that you're standing firm. I mean, most of us are cowering in fear at the slightest hint of problems. We fall apart. We just run around and, and because that's easier to lay down and cower in fear than to stand firm with God's armor on. I mean, I think, you know, the, the Israelites lined up and one guy named Goliath walked out and challenged everybody in Israel and they all cowered in fear except a little shepherd boy that walked out there and whooped his tail. Not of his own power, but because of God's. How are you living your life? I mean, honestly, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will, able to, you will be able to resist the enemy, not just give in and just let him kick the snot out of you. Then after that, that wasn't in the Bible. That was my part. Um, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Isn't that what we want? Whenever the devil throws everything at us, man, we've been getting killed. We've been mutilated. We've been bloodied. We've been just driven into the dirt. He stood over us and taunted you. Wouldn't you like to be able to stand there and take all that he has and laugh at him? And whenever he turns tail and runs, you can say, that was God. Still standing on your feet. That's what I want for you individually. That's what I want for your marriages. Husband and wife to be standing there ready for battle, both of them doing their parts, resisting just what the Bible calls uh, evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against all evil spirits in heavenly places. That's where the battle is. It's of the mind. It's of the heart. Are you standing firm after the battle or feel like you've been knocked cold? 
Verse 13 says, man, you've got to put on God's armor if you want to be able to stand firm at the end of the battle. The first thing that, that, that he says in verse 14 is you've got to put on the belt of truth. Okay, Truth is not what we think, but what God says through His Word. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through the Son. But at that, Jesus is the conduit through which God's power flows to us. So when we girt on the belt of truth, we are not only believing what God says, but through Jesus, God's power flows to us so that we can be able to do this resisting and this standing firm that God has talked about. But unfortunately, you know, I mean, most people... They don't have a belt on, and their britches are around their ankles, and you, you can't... That's how they're trying to fight life's battle with their britches around their ankles. Because they don't have the belt of truth. They're relying on themselves. They, they, their truth is what they believe, what they think is right. Man, throw all of that away and start living the way God told you to live, depending on His power, not your own. Hang on to your hats, cowboys. For the first time ever, you can now hear the entire message, unedited with every laugh and nugget of wisdom Save the Cowboy has to offer. All you got to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Podcast right there on the homepage. You can listen right there or subscribe and never have to worry about missing another story. Pull the truck over, rest your horse, or put down that hot shot and do it right now. Go to SaveTheCowboy.com and ride with us every week down that narrow trail. Until then, this is Kevin Weatherby. See you next time. Today's message was brought to you in part by Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin Post Hay. Call them for all your hay needs at 303-324-8217. And if you'd like to become one of our radio sponsors, contact us by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and sending us an email or call 303-621-0133. Thanks, pards.